0: through the trenches as, as healthcare heroes. Um, well, you know, we were all considered healthcare heroes until this vaccine mandate. And now just cause I don't want something foreign and experimental in my body, people are calling me an anti-vaxxer and refusing to come to my clinic and challenging my license. Um, anyway, that's, uh, Nah, I'm just Josh. And how are you, uh, Dr. K? How are things going?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm chilling, man. I'm, I'm so excited. My belly is about to burst thinking about our topic today of uh, approach to abdominal pain.
0: Yeah, I have butterflies too. This has been, <laughs> I've been thinking about this all week. Um, absolutely. This is exciting. So what a high yield topic and i think we'll we'll be taking a um you know a, a a birds eye view uh perhaps with a like an anatomical breakdown uh approach to abdominal pain so useful in many different settings primary care um and a high yield for your exams as well does anyone want to kick it off like should we just get right into things here hit the ground running what case presentation gentleman comes into your urgent care uh, he's, he's just holding his, he's belly aching. He's belly aching about his belly ache. He says, doc, my belly has just been aching. I, I don't know what to do. So, um, you, you lay him down. He's, he's a beast. He has a large penis. Um, and you're looking at his abdomen. Uh, how might we start with this patient? Maybe starting with like a, a history, um, uh, for his, his presentation.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. So the differential diagnoses for abdominal pain, the differential is going to be huge. Um, I guess it's important to consider all of the variety of disease processes that could be contributing to this presentation. Um, it could be inflammatory, it could be perforation, obstruction, ischemia, hemorrhage. Um, it could be all sorts of different systems. It could be GI, urological, vascular so we're gonna have to take a very thorough history we can't really beat the classics so um, taking a thorough pain history uh is a good start so uh people have all sorts of different acronyms whatever the main focus should be where is the pain so the site uh the onset when did it start um what's the character of the pain uh does, does it, uh, uh, radiate anywhere? Um, does anything make it better? Does anything make it worse? Um, does it come and go? Uh, and how severe is this pain? Because they're certainly going, we're certainly going to take it, um, even more seriously <laughs> if, if, uh, if the pain is 11 out of 10 and they've never experienced pain like this before absolutely yeah
0: i i agree i think that old carts or whatever uh, mnemonic you're going to use but that old carts like history comprehensive history is especially useful for abdo pain chest pain um which will really give you uh, r- uh enable you to sort of narrow uh based on anatomy um and based on uh, systems um your differential so um it, maybe we'll just we'll we'll have this gentleman um uh, uh be a useful sort of standardized patient here so we're we're looking at his his abdomen he's he's sort of he's sweating he's a little bit hypotensive he's a little bit t- tacky he reports uh being febrile but he has no fever at, at present he's um you know mentating fine uh he, he's not vomiting at, at bedside, but he is complaining of some nausea as well. He's in his his 30s. He does have a history of type 1 diabetes, um, but he's complaining of pain in his lower quadrants. Um, So um, uh, any further history you you might want from him um, uh, to tease out uh, or to narrow our differential? Uh, Yeah,
2: I guess I would be very curious about... Whether he's ever had this before, whether it's a sudden onset or has been like slowly worsening, whether it has been like an oscillating course, or whether it's just been getting progressively worse. Um, Aggravating and alleviating factors are very important. Did it come on after food? Uh, Was it worse a couple hours after food? Was it associated with, like, straining on the toilet, improved or worsening with uh, stooling? Um, And then it's also important never to forget uh, your just general review of systems as well. Does the person have a fever, chills? Are they unwell? Do they have nausea and vomiting? Uh, If they have stooled, is there anything in it, such as is there mucus in the stool? Is there blood in the stool? How... firm and formed is the stool, as well as how often are they stooling. All of those are very important. And then you also have to remember that not only is it you're looking at GI in the abdomen, but you're also looking at a bunch of other things depending on where the pain is. And specifically in the lower quadrants in a male, you're thinking of uh, the renal system, so kidneys and bladder, ureter. Um, yes. Urethra, so you should do screening questions for that, uh, as well as um,
0: GGU. Uh, so, justicular uh, pain. Yeah, useful to highlight that, like off the top, you know, particularly, uh, you know, going into your your uh, emerge rotations. Any menstruating female is pregnant until proven otherwise. And uh, the it, that has implications in terms of things like imaging, but also uh, the, the uh, must-not-miss diagnosis of ectopic pregnancy or, uh, let's say, uh, torted ovary. And like you're speaking about, any sort of scrotal uh, pathology can radiate into lower quadrants as well. So that's sort of helpful right away to think outside of the Outside of the box, or outside of the peritoneum, or where where you know <laughs> thinking about these other uh, these other organ uh, systems here, yeah. Um, so so that's uh, that's uh, I think super helpful off the bat, and I think with the the historic the hi- history pieces there, you you really. F- uh, would be able to whittle down your your differential, and talking about nausea, vomiting, and con- stool consistencies uh, for urgent uh, issues, and of course vitals uh, as relates to abdominal complaints is super important. So why don't we lay our hands on the patient? Hell yeah, um, yeah. So what in the in the lower quadrants? Where what are some points of interest where we, we may Palpate, Fertile exam, right off the bat. Yeah, you can have a good old look at the scrotum. <laughs> um,
1: well, you know, I I think that we should maybe take a step back and uh and review an abdominal exam. The uh, because we don't want to cut corners here. You know, we're we're keen uh, residents and medical students here. We're going to be going through the motions here. Um, so, as you mentioned, we'll take a look at the vital signs. Um, uh, and then uh, always inspect the patient. So, uh, how does the patient look? Are they comfortable? Are they writhing uh, around in pain? Uh, are they trying to find a position that's more comfortable for them? Um, mm-hmm. perhaps they're lying still. Uh, which would be a sign of uh peritonitis, where uh they they don't want to um they don't want to 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 do any sort of movement that'll make the pain worse. Um, is there, are there signs of malnourishment or, or muscle wasting? If we're, uh, considering something hepatobiliary, we could also, you know, look for signs of jaundice, things like that. Anyway, uh, we look at the belly. So we're looking for scars, uh, which, uh, you know, with our forgetful uh, elderly patients, they might have forgotten a, um, Past surgery that we can ask about, so you know we can take uh, appendicitis off the differential if they've had an appendectomy before. Um, we can look for uh, striae, bruising. Um, we can look at the contour of the abdomen. Is it protuberant? Uh, is it scaphoid? Are there bulging flanks with ascites, which would be um, fluid in the in the abdomen? Uh, is there organomegaly or some sort of masses? Um, and then uh, after inspection, we would auscultate. So this is a common aus- uh, 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 like a physical exam type of question is is uh, after inspection for the abdominal exam, we want to auscultate first uh, because uh, palpation may... Um, May result in uh, you know you're moving shit around in there. So you don't want to disrupt that. You want to you want to auscultate the abdomen as it is. Um, so auscultate all of the quadrants. Uh, in a healthy patient, you'll hear those clicks and gurgles. Um, but if they have something like diarrhea or uh, obstruction, you might hear increased bowel sounds. Or with peritonitis, there will be less. Um, and then we'll palpate, and uh, typically what, what you would want to do is there's going to be an area where there is, um, where the pain is the worst. So you're going to start palpating um, as far away from that area as, as possible, and your first uh, go-through will basically be a superficial exam. You're kind of getting a lay of the land and seeing just how tender things are and then repeat with a more deep palpation, uh, provide that steady pressure, and um, maybe you can use this opportunity to feel for abnormal masses, um, organomegaly, et cetera. Some people like to percuss, so usually all of the quadrants are tympanic, or perhaps there could be some dullness with a mass or organomegaly, whatever, ascites. And then uh, certainly look for peritonitis. So the main thing we would be looking at there would be guarding, So um, there's a difference between involuntary guarding and voluntary guarding. So with involuntary guarding, they're going to be, you know, afraid that you're even going to touch them. They're going to have that resistance to palpation no matter what, whereas if the patient is maybe a little more anxious or uh, um, or there's one specific localized area of tenderness, they're not going to have that quite the same level of resistance. You can also just assess for peritonitis by shaking the uh, the bed or getting the patient to cough. Um, all of that is enough to to kind of elicit that response. Um, and you can also assess for rebound tenderness as well, where, which is where you you press down on the abdomen and uh, uh, rapidly release, and um, that that can suggest peritonitis as well. Um, what else? What else are we think in here for the physical exam?
0: I think that was a, a really good uh, uh, stepwise approach to the physical exam. Some other sort of um, high yield fi- findings that are um, often tested. So any any ecchymoses. Uh, if, if you've heard of Cullen's and Turner's side, which may suggest a uh, for example, a, a hemorrhagic pancreatitis or uh, any any sort of intra abdominal bleed, uh, prominent vascularity such as uh, Caput Medusa, so that is peri umbilical um, uh, prominent veins, suggestive of uh, of um, increased uh, uh, hepatic vein pressures and and uh, uh, of cirrhosis. Um, this cirrhosis and and it has its own sort of uh, clinical presentation, so we're not focusing on those, that too much. But those are frequently um, discussed findings. You can see clubbing in the setting of IBD or other inflammatory change malignancies in the in the abdomen. Um, in terms of uh, of a bunch of different focal tests i don't know that that's necessarily within within the scope but peritonitis you can't really miss in kiddos i guess this is another little pearl for for peds especially appendicitis um it, you know kids are sometimes hard to objectively examine they will you know guard or giggle uh, but you can ask them to jump up and down i actually believe it's been clinically validated. And oh. if, they, if they can jump up and down, it's, it suggests that they're not paragenetic. Uh That would be too painful hmm. in, a, in a paragenetic kiddo. So that's
1: another useful piece. Man, um, gastro and peds. Oh, God, what a nightmare. I was sh- shitting in the urinal after that rotation. <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> well, is it true that if, if you shit and vomit with your eyes open your eyeballs would explode like the amount of <laughs> nice i think that that was um really good and and then yeah just maintaining that uh differential you know is there for example uh it, it with the in urgent care or in the emerge you're gonna have a, a bedside ultrasound that would be very useful for assessing some of these different um things that we discussed uh but keeping things broad not just uh gi um in your your differential there. So I think that that was a a really useful uh outline of uh, an abdominal exam generally.
1: Oh yeah, and you don't know? forget the DRE. How could I forget? Yeah,
0: DRE absolutely. Yeah, oh. never forget the you No. Know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. um, you, you, we can use like a, a stool gu- uh, guaiac at bedside. Um which um, would indicate the presence of blood, um, which is useful—not uh, always super useful because hemorrhoids are fairly prevalent. Uh, but a, you know, t- black tarry stool in the vault, for example, would be very supportive of a bleed or bright red blood as well. And you know, sometimes you'll just see it around the uh, the anus as well if they've had any significant bleeding. Yeah. Anal inspection, yeah yeah <laughs> anal tone <laughs>
2: um uh the only few things i want to add on i don't know if we want to go into like special examination signs or anything like that for specific things
1: let's go for it
2: um so like some people, I think, debate. Uh, I don't think most people routinely do this, but I think on OSCEs, uh, as part of like the abdominal exam, you're going to have to check for hepato and splenomegaly. Um, I don't think it's, I like hardly ever do it um, in clinic, but uh, sometimes it's on the OSCE. Um Other things you want to look for in terms of appendicitis, a couple of signs that people are going to ask you if you're doing your uh, eMERGE rotation is the Rosving sign, Um, and that is where there is pain felt in the right lower abdomen when you palpate the left lower side. So if you push down on the left, they will complain of pain on the right lower quadrant, and that is Rosving's sign and is indicative of appendicitis. The other one for appendicitis would be McBurney's, uh, which is if you measure um, like thirds from the umbilicus to the aces, uh if you go two thirds away from the umbilicus towards the acis and press down there, so essentially just in the right lower quadrant, uh, then you will be feeling pain there. Another sign of appendicitis, and then the Final one I commonly do is uh, for, like, cholecystitis, uh, which is Murphy's sign, where you'll essentially push in the right upper quadrant underneath the ribs with the patient exhaled, and then ask them to take a deep breath. And if they're unable to take a deep breath and stop suddenly due to pain, then that would be a positive Murphy's, once again, suggesting they have uh, possibly acute cholecystitis. And those are kind of like the higher yield ones yeah. that I've definitely seen in eMERGE. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Good ones to note for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think
0: that those like are, are good, um, specific tests and, and they're, they're, they're sensitive as well. There's a JAMA series on, on, uh, sensitivity and specificity of the, uh, of clinical exams and, and things like, for example, uh, um, McBurney's is is quite useful. When uh appendicitis is more advanced, it can cause a, just a generalized peritonitis. So it's a little bit less useful in that in a more uh acute presentation. Uh, just their whole abdomen will be sore. So getting that ultrasound or CT will be important in that setting. Nice. Okay.
1: Um you can also right. use, uh, like, an abdominal x-ray if you want to look for free air uh, or bowel obstruction. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be as useful for, um, like, an infection or a hemorrhage, something like that. But, yeah, that bedside ultrasound is so good for that intraperitoneal-free fluid. Yeah. Also and, useful for that, a like, AAA. Like
0: this- the standing standing abdominal uh, X ray is is super useful for, for ruling out perforated viscous and I think it would be routinely done. The the other thing is that abdominal pain is frequently severe constipation. Like frequently, I oh yeah, ass- yeah, I can't assign a number to it, but you know it would be one of the most common causes, uh, even of emergency department presentations, and uh, for abdominal pain. And um, x-ray is fairly useful for assessing fecal load as well. So I not infrequently order x-ray just for that reason, like just a flat plate. And if there's no like constipation that's seen on x-ray, well, then that's less likely to be uh, a cause. So I think it's useful. Obviously, yeah. CT abdomen is, is your, your highest yield one. And if you're a CT pelvis in particular... If you're worried about a patient, or there's any instability, that's going to be uh, your go-to. In terms of ultrasound, you can assess for uh, AAA with ultrasound, uh, free fluid, as you spoke about. Um, You can look at bladder. Uh, You can, you know, uh, ordering, with ordering uh, ultrasound, you can assess for Dopplers to uh, gonads. So another, you know, useful modality for sure.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, and constipation, that's that's a really tough one because it it is a diagnosis of exclusion, but there's so many things that can cause uh a chief complaint of constipation and there isn't really a definitive test to rule <laughs> rule everything else out. Um like you really have to go through their med list and um and yeah, sometimes you got to go all the way <laughs> through to a CT before no. you're confidently diagnose constipation (laughs) this
0: is this will be a a, not tiresome but i think it's fairly high yield do you actually want to just go sort of area by area listing considering some important differentials i i I honestly think it's fairly useful so starting with a, a epigastric presentation i i would comment the most common presentation will be a gastritis of some sort uh or a you know a peptic ulcer disease Other things to think about would be Mallory Weiss terror, uh, especially if there's any uh, hematemesis. Uh, And then any sort of gastritis-inducing medications, whether it's NSAIDs, um, alcohol, uh, aspirin, uh, laxatives, antibiotics, different types of pills that can cause a gastritis. So be aware of that. Yeah, And then in terms of that differential from a cardiac perspective, it can be a dissection, right? So that's where your bedside ultrasound to visualize. And there's criteria about like how much of the abdominal aorta you have to visualize, but ruling that out. And other considerations, MI, especially in women, can present with epigastric pain, pericarditis. So uh, that's sort of a useful outline of epigastric. Any others you guys want to consider there?
2: Yeah, I like splitting it, um, <clears throat> especially since I feel like abdominal pain is going to be one of those things you see a lot in in Emerge, um, like bread and butter in Emerge. I think like 50% of the people I saw in Emerge were abdo pain, is splitting it into like don't miss uh, mm-hmm. like diagnoses mm. and like just a general diagnosis. So like things you cannot miss in epigastric um, abdominal pain would be... Uh, like pancreatitis so you yeah, can't you can't miss that mm-hmm. ascending cholangitis while typically thought to be more in the right um upper quadrant can also present as that be uh gastric pain uh as we mentioned mi especially in women and then anything that kind of irritates the uh the pleura um can kind of refer to that uh atypically so pneumonia as well um and then things like intestinal ischemia would be much lower down on the list but those are kind of things that I would would think about and you don't want to miss them
0: absolutely and but some of the ancillary like blood work will be especially useful uh, uh and we can talk about that in in a minute um so in terms of uh, right upper quadrant um uh biliary colic cholecystitis cholangitis as you spoke about any sort of st- stones like a cbd ob- obstruction um, but then again those other organ systems don't forget about kidney stones or a uh, pylo uh, don't forget about uh, right lower lobe pneumonias um, so so that's a helpful uh, outline of right upper quadrant do you guys want to continue with with this sort of anatomical outline? Do you think that that's useful, or do you want to move on to ancillary uh, studies like blood work, et cetera?
2: I think it would be uh, a mess if we didn't go through at least the like most general quadrants,
0: yeah yeah.
2: For sure.
0: left, upper quadrant. any any considerations in that area in particular
1: Uh what so just.
2: Are- yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Exactly. Like that's so helpful is just think of what organs are there and then think of the most serious things that can affect it. And that's kind of your don't miss uh, just to revisit the right uh, upper quadrant. Other things that would be on your um, differential is the livers there. So hepatitis as well
0: um, mm-hmm. can be one of the things. Yeah, like capsular pain. So like even an acute hepatitis, like I've seen alcoholic hepatitis present with right upper quadrant pain because capsular pain like with expansion and inflammation Mm -hmm. of liver can cause uh can cause uh, significant pain yeah
1: yeah and and that's part of why the pain history is so important uh, uh, especially with the abdomen differentiating that parietal pain and the visceral pain the visceral being more vague and poorly localized or with referred pain um and that's part of why so often with uh with abdominal pain we see uh those symptoms those uh that strong autonomic reflex uh phenomena like sweating and nausea and vomiting and tachycardia because um visceral pain is highly associated with that response nice <laughs> sorry i lost track of where we were at with the abdomen. well <laughs> we could,
0: in terms of yeah in terms of left left upper quadrant i mean the the other important consideration there is the spleen, so mm-hmm. you know splenic rupture happens and it's very lethal or it can be very it can be lethal um so in the setting of for example mono uh and uh, sports injury um that's people can can have uh uh you know essentially um uh, internal hemorrhaging and uh Serious consequences from splenic rupture. So consider that in a, a young athlete that's presenting. Mm-hmm. Any sort of abscesses and, and people that are unwell. Splenic artery aneurysm, not uncommon. So you can have a, uh, an aneurysmal change there. And then splenic infarction. Um, so some other considerations uh, in your left upper quadrant. Yeah. Oh, and then just to, while we're here, like consider body wall issues as well, costrochondritis, uh, any like what triggered that is trauma. So consider body wall as the uh, potential contributors to uh, abdominal pain. Mm.
1: I had costochondritis once when I was at my heaviest <laughs> and I was like 220 pounds and I went to do some pull ups and I just collapsed.
0: <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Yeah, it, it was like incapacitating.
0: With debilitating pain. <laughs> Damn. Did you present did you go to the emerge?
1: No, no, I I knew what was up. I knew it was just my fat ass couldn't couldn't pull myself up. Uh so at the flanks uh like we mentioned, we were are focused on the kidney, the ureters so um consider pyelonephritis, uh a ureter or a ureter obstruction. Um kind of in the middle of the belly, uh we would be assessing for triple A, um, bowel obstruction. I guess pancreatitis could also be, you know, the pain could be in that region as well. Suprapubic, uh, I think we would be, again, focused on the bladder. So cystitis, um, pelvic inflammatory disease, and then those, um, uh, the, the left and the right lower quadrants are a little bit different. So um, in terms of the Right lower quadrant, we're thinking appendicitis, could be a hernia or strangulated hernia, um, some sort of gynecological <laughs> uh, pathology like uh, yeah, like the ectopic pregnancy, and uh, on the left side, similarly diverticulitis, um, volvulus, sigmoid volvulus, um, IBD as well, also hernia uh, or uh, gyni um, concerns as well.
0: I, I love the idea of just like just being like brusquely sweeping over a gynecological complaint. <laughs> like, it, what yeah, do they even have a G spot? Like where's, where's, where's the clitoris again? Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely an important. We'll save ectopic. that for another lecture. Yeah. <laughs> ectopic is a really, yeah, exactly. Ectopic is honestly a, a dedicated uh, uh, pod. So we could do that at a later date.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's always got to be up there though in any female with abdominal pain. Just
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Maybe that's a good segue to uh to blood work. Nice. So um Definitely. So uh uh beta hCG, you know, do that pregnancy test. Basically, any woman of uh childbearing age with abdominal pain just you got to do it. <laughs> um because uh a lot of the time they don't they don't know that they're pregnant. In terms of uh, typical lab work, we could do our our standard CBC with differential lights, blood urea, nitrogen, creatinine, glucose, you know, all the classics. Immunotransferases, um, ALP, bilirubin for uh, our our liver pathology, lipase uh, and or amylase, Uh, lactate and blood gases, uh, if we're thinking ischemia or sepsis, potentially, maybe have a low threshold for cardiac enzymes if we're um, considering like an inferior MI or something like that.
2: Um, yeah. If they had epigastric pain, mm-hmm. I would do an ECG troponins totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. ECG for sure.
2: I that's in terms of blood work, I think that's pretty thorough. Uh, the only thing I would, uh, point out, and this is just something that I've been, uh, burned on and grilled on so many times is the difference between liver enzymes, which is like AST, ALP, ALKFOS, and like GGT, kind of, and then like liver function tests, which would be bilirubin, INR, and albumin. Because I feel like colloquially a lot of people say like LFTs for AST, ALT, and there's going to be some staff out there that you're going to say uh, LFTs, and you're referring to the enzymes, and then they're just going to like go off on you. So try to be very specific.
1: Nice, that's a nice yeah. little pearl. Yeah, Absolutely.
2: I'm not traumatized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some real nerds out there. Mm. All right, what what about? Oh shit! Knocked my uh, my microphone.
0: Yeah, out. we we just we heard like the. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just like cursing god there
1: yeah. uh i was gonna say uh, so when would we be uh considering like uh an abdo ct yeah
0: i think like if they have you know if they're peritonitic that basically buys them a uh a ct abdomen a gen surge consult um and a ct abdo pelvis um if they, if they had any, ele- uh, you know, significantly elevated lactate with uh, severe abdo pain, you can consider that as well. CT is still gold standard for appendicitis. Um, so in, especially in young patients or, or ch- women of childbearing age, uh, you might want to consider uh, ultrasound first. But if, if appendix is not well visualized or there's other, you know, um indications of of inflammation fat stranding free fluid etc you may want to proceed to uh ct um other things i mean if, if ct angio if you're thinking about any sort of mesoteric ischemia or uh, potentially um uh, characterizing any sort of aneurysms better mm-hmm. uh, so I, I would comment that there's a fairly low threshold to see people with with nondescript abdominal pain, especially with blood work abnormalities, including abnormal lactate, um, I think it's a there's a fairly low threshold in urg- in urgent care, of course uh, if the if the pain is less severe and blood work is otherwise normal, uh, you might be less inclined.
1: right, right and and uh, you know on the topic of the uh, on the blood work as well, you know with with those peritoneal signs, you would often see like they would be so sick they will they will have a wild fever their uh uh leukocytes will be off the charts you know they're gonna they're gonna be super sick um so that that will be difficult to miss
0: yeah exactly yeah i think that's a really good outline uh and and then other things of course go ahead The only exception to
2: this, like definitely if they're peritoneic, like CT, 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 and CT is gold standard for most of the abdomen, uh, I think the biggest exception would be like the biliary tree, which is ultrasound Mm -hmm. is going to be your gold standard for the biliary tree.
0: Um, Or like ERCP or MR. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely...
2: A whole other like hour long discussion to have Mm -hmm. the biliary tree, but uh, yeah, it's ultrasound for like upper right quadrant,
0: yeah, very nice, nice. Um, and then you know, other and not it's not imaging, but other types of visualization would be scope. So if you think that there's uh, especially any indication of bleed, they're anemic and they have black stools. You need to get GI involved for scope, um, uh, so that's uh, another important consideration. I like it. I mean, it's. A, I think it was a broad, uh, a very broad topic, and I, I think the value, or one of, you know, in addition to all the specific information that was relayed, is sort of training on maintaining that broad multi-organ system, multi-anatomic site. Uh, approach to a presentation to help you narrow things down uh, and probably especially useful for uh, poorly differentiated abdominal pain in in our more urgent care setting so I think it's a kind of a good way to think uh, by organ system by anatomical site and, and keeping that broad differential
2: totally
1: not easy I mean I don't, I don't know about you guys but I've seen plenty of times when a patient has been uh sent home with abdominal pain from the emergency department and the staff just kind of shrugs their shoulders at uh, <laughs> as to like what what they even came in here for you do need to keep a broad differential differential in order to be able to have that confidence uh and in, in order to send them home
2: uh that's so true and I think uh abdo pain too is uh like you can anchor, I think, quite hard in it too, and that can cause issues. I always think back to this one case. It was um, as a medical student, and it was the like case that I was being judged on by the preceptor or whatever. And so I go in and I'm talking to this guy, and he gives me just the most like prototypical history for like a um, for like a uh, hernia. So he was like, I bent down, picked up like a heavy object, heard a pop. And I've had like right lower quadrant pain since. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, damn, Uh, never had it before. No fever, no chills, no nausea, no vomiting. Everything else is totally normal. Uh, I do an examination and I can't find a hernia. Uh, And so he's like, "Okay, like, so what's your differential? And I'm like, ah, well, I mean, it's still hernia. It's like so typical. And then the dude had appendicitis. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, shit. <laughs> Got burned so bad. It just, you can't miss those like can't miss diagnoses.
1: That's so funny. At least he didn't have an ectopic pregnancy.
2: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> idiot student how'd you miss that <laughs> always consider exotic like, pregnancy
1: did you even ask their pronouns
0: well yeah i mean it's seriously it's something to going yeah. to, to gonna be something to consider i wonder like how that's going to be charted in the future like um chromosomal status perhaps or something like that but yeah i think we um we covered it um so uh If, if you guys have any, anything to add sound off in the comments, uh, let's check the live chat. Is there any, any listeners that have any questions or comments at state? Uh, let's see. Okay. No one's in the live chat. So no, that's fine.
1: Um, send us, uh, uh, you know, your, what topics you'd like us to cover, uh, because we're, we're down for anything, you know? we're horny we're wet and we're just ready to party um but yeah. we need a little guidance
0: yeah and we want we're thinking about doing acne doing a, a quick one on ectopic would be uh useful too as a follow-up to this uh nice no yeah. that was good that was high yield and we're, we we helped someone get another five percent on their on their uh, board exam or their uh their licensing exam so i feel fulfilled hell yeah all right thanks boys Peace. It's good stuff. Peace. See you.